Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy, DJ Whiteboy90. Oh, wait, nope, it's Jake Mathis here from Bob's office. We're currently sitting in Jacob's office at a brand new church to Jacob. It's not actually a brand new church to Jacob. I meant to say Jake. Sitting here alongside me is your co-host. I'm Jacob Bomber. That almost went as smooth as I was hoping, but, you know, that's part of the glamour of this show. That smooth is like chunky semi-professional. I almost said butter beer. <laughs> Chunky peanut butter is gross. Why would you bring that up to start this? I'm glad. It's uh, gross? Oh, it's I hate it too. Swing and a miss, brother. <laughs> oh, hi, guest. What's your name? Hi, everybody. I'm Wyatt. I'm Jacob's friend, or excuse me, Bomber's friend, because we have, they know, Infinity Jacobs for some reason. Yeah, Fun fact, I am not a Jacob by birth. I'm just a Jake. Wow. You got half the name. He's a, yeah. Named He's after Jake. Nice. I am officially Jake. named after Big Jake. Cool. AKA, um, Are you actually uh, named after a Big John, Jake? After a John Wayne movie, yeah. Big Jake. Oh, I think I knew that. Yeah. Well, now the listeners do too. Congrats. That Shout out, out, mom. I'm not named after Diddly Squat. My mom listens to every podcast. Shout out, mom. <laughs> hey, that's two in a row. Good job. For what? For shouting out your mom. Yeah, I'm probably going to do it until she stops listening, and that's how I know. How are, how are you going to know? She's, she's going to say, because she texts me every time she thinks you're a shout-out, so now I'm going to expect not a text from her. Good luck, Joe. It's really funny if it's this one. You're going to have to keep up a bit. Shout-out, Ian, you suck. <laughs> well, now that we got our two two mandatory things out of the way, I, I'm going first, right? Because that's our pattern as I go first. Yeah, because I lost mine. I'm kidding. The dis- I have mine. I have <laughs> The mine. disappointment. Also, if you hear uh, <laughs> random cheering, I am watching the Packers play. And if you're curious, my cough still exists. So that's going to be happening. Um, my topic for the week is a Twitter discussion I got involved in on Tuesday night. And I'm just going to give a big recap about how that Twitter discussion went and my thoughts at the end of it. Um, actually, my thoughts are probably going to come up as it goes. So it was started. <coughs> there is me. And there are three random people. So random A, random B, random C. Random A is the original poster, and then B and C come in after that. So I'm just going to refer to them as A, B, and C. Cute. A, original poster, is somebody who plays Ultimate. He's posting on an Ultimate account, and so he's just sharing some thoughts about Ultimate. And he's quote-tweeting somebody asking, what was the best advice someone has given you for Ultimate? And his response is, the best advice I can remember was from somebody after College Nationals. He said that you can choose how good you want to be at Ultimate. It's not like basketball where you have to be born with physical gifts to play at a high level. If you put in the work at Ultimate, you can be elite. To which I responded, curious what your definitions of physical gifts and high level are. Because you'd be hard-pressed to find many pro basketball players who didn't absolutely work their tails off to get where they are. Player B comes in. But without physical gifts, you won't make it to the NBA no matter how hard you work. In Ultimate, you can get to the top without physical gifts, provided you work hard enough. My response, that's why I'm curious about the definition of physical gifts. To which player A responds, I'd say being physically gifted would mean being a freak athlete slash tall. My first interjection is, 
to define physical gifts with freak athlete is not helpful in any way. That is not a definition. That is not, there are zero parameters there. All you did was take one phrase and use another phrase to clarify nothing. So that's not helpful. I'll give them the tall thing because being tall is helpful, but still that was not a useful comment. So I responded, which of those categories between being a freak athlete or tall, which of those categories would you put Steve Kerr, current coach of the Golden State Warriors, borderline Hall of Fame player, highest career three-point shooting percentage in the history of the NBA? Which of those categories would you put Steve Kerr and Steph Curry in? Either freakish, what is it? freak athlete or tall. Because neither of them are tall. And player C comes in and responds, Steph Curry's dad shot over 40% from three in his NBA career. Steph was quite literally gifted the ability to shoot threes extremely well. So I say, that might explain Steph and Seth. Seth is Steph Curry's younger brother, Seth Curry, who is also in the NBA. Um, so I said, that might explain those two guys, despite not shooting anything like their dads. But it doesn't explain, and I give three names, Jabril, Noah, and Jamal Hodges, who are the sons of Craig Hodges, who was on the 19, the early 90s Bulls team that won championships and was also a career 40% three-point shooter. And it also doesn't explain Nick and Matthew Kerr, who are the sons of Steve Kerr, so those five sons, not NBA players. So they have two of the best three-point shooting dads in the history of the game, and none of those five players made the NBA. So clearly that doesn't you know, align right away to which And I understood that that's like really simplifying a large thing, but his one thing was Steph dads could shoot threes, so that means Steph can shoot threes. And clearly that's not that doesn't hold a lot of weight. How well can Steph Curry's daughter shoot a three? We'll find out when she's older than eight or whatever she is right now. So uh, player C responds again, I think you're making my point for me. It takes an incredible amount of natural talent, hard work, luck, and a bunch of other things to be an NBA player. You can't just try really hard. I said my point in reference to the original post is that suggesting all NBA players in the league have extraordinary physical gifts is a gross exaggeration. Sure, a lot of them are, but countless NBA players got there outside of having exceptional physical gifts. To which player C responded, every NBA player has extraordinary physical gifts. So then I responded, I find it difficult to agree that Steve Kerr and Muggsy Bogues, Muggsy Bogues was a five foot three point guard in the NBA that when he retired, he was like top 10 all-time in assists, which is super impressive, but he was 5'3". Give me a break. So I find it difficult to agree that those two guys were blessed with extraordinary physical gifts as opposed to being dudes who worked really hard to be really good at certain aspects of the game, and that propelled them to elite status. To which player C said, I don't think you understand how insanely high the level of athleticism in the NBA is, to which I retort in my head, how do you, yes, I do actually. I actually responded. I am painfully aware of how high the level of athleticism in the NBA is. I almost made the Clippers the Clippers so tried out for team it. one time. <laughs> I have played with retired NBA players. I have played with like college division 1 college players. I have played with insanely good basketball players. I am very aware of how physically gifted NBA players are. Um so I said, but I also believe that level of athleticism can be acquired through hard work, while this thread makes it seem like all NBA players are born with it. So my main point is not every NBA player is born with 
extraordinary physical gifts. Some of them worked really hard to be as athletic to be as athletic as was necessary to compete in the league. And um, a couple of these guys keep bringing up ultimate. So like this guy responded, the average young person can acquire the athleticism necessary to be a club nationals level ultimate player, aka one of the best ultimate players in the country. But not a single club nationals level ultimate player could acquire NBA athleticism if it was their full time job. To which the original poster said, this, if anyone could be in the NBA through hard work, they would. The salary will set your family up for generations, but they can't. To which I really took offense to that. And I said, it's because it's such hard work that not everybody can do it. People trying to make it to the NBA have such a passion, dedication, and work ethic that they have to sacrifice nearly everything else about their lives in order to do it. Maybe some of those with the blessing of natural exceptional athletic abilities maybe have to do slightly less, but people who don't have those natural abilities put in that much more than the average NBA player because they have to. Um, and that kind of, it goes on a little bit. Uh, another guy says, I just don't think you understand the logic of the point being made here, to which you went back to talking about ultimate again. And I just had to keep being like, this isn't about ultimate. Like, I agreed with everybody in the thread that you could be somebody like Wyatt right now. If I gave you two years, you could be in the AUDL. You could be playing Elite Club Ultimate. Like, that's what our ultimate pool is right now, Jake. You could do Yeah, well, I was saying, what about I me? I was giving attention I was to MVP. our guest. I was <laughs> Either of you guys, if you were given two years to train like these guys do, to throw you could be elite ultimate players. Like, that's where our pool is at. Is that just the skill cap? Is that just like... It, it, that's it, No, that's like the skill kind of bottom of being elite. Is, like, it doesn't... There just aren't enough people that are wildly ahead. Like, there are definitely players across the country who are wildly ahead of Everyone on else. New York. <laughs> like, there are insanely good ultimate players that I could never be, you guys could never be, there's that. But there are also elite club ultimate players and AUDL players that you guys could reach that level. Like, you could be the 20th guy on an AUDL roster. You could be the 27th guy on a club ultimate on a Nationals Club Ultimate roster if you were given two years to train. that many people on a team? Yeah. So being good isn't that hard in the grand scheme of things. Like, I'm six foot one, like 135 soaking wet. Based based on how many people play it at an elite level, because if you think about how many people play basketball at, you know, like, it is really, really hard to get into the NBA because there are millions of people around the country playing it at a really high level trying to get to the highest level and that doesn't even take into account that the nba itself is super international so there are millions yeah. of people outside the country that are working really hard to do that and ultimate doesn't have millions of people mm -hmm, around right. the world like there are tens of millions of basketball players around the world there are a hundred thousand ultimate players like there are not that many so it's right. just the level that the game can be pushed is not being pushed high mm -hmm. because there just aren't that many people playing it in a way that's different compared to basketball. Right, so it's like an engagement thing. If more people were to engage with it, the skill then cap would be yes. a lot higher. That's, yeah. Okay, that makes perfect sense. It's so, like how Ken Climo could never compete right now. <laughs> that, yeah, Jake, Ken Climo. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I was thinking more of um, it's the on only the sport I know. Disc golf is the only sport I know. Oh, I'm literally, rough. my eyes are glazed over <laughs> looking at Bomber talk about sports. But right like, now. I'm, I'm like, just, yeah, three-pointer, so, is that where he uses the so hockey this is, stick? 
this is the argument that's where like they kept bringing up ultimate and I had to say we're not having the same conversation I'm done with the ultimate thing we all agree it doesn't take that much work to be an elite ultimate player I'm telling you they were trying to make the point that every single NBA player is blessed with natural exceptional physical gifts which I don't think is true because I look at Steve Kerr who is this six foot tall average white dude and I say, you can't put Steve Kerr next to LeBron James and tell me that both of them are exceptionally naturally gifted athletes. Okay, like, I mean, it's kind of like how everybody, like, how many millionaires are there versus, like, how many people, like, work in the same industry as those millionaires. So I brought up, like, in the hard work thing, that guy saying it, that it, he bit, I forgot, I already forgot what he said. Um, whatever, he brought up hard work, and I was like, and the point I made was, like, it's not just about hard work. Like, if it, if all it was were hard work, like, teachers work hard. First responders work hard. People in hospitals work hard. People in the construction industry. All those people work really hard. But they didn't have to sacrifice every bit of their life to be the most elite in the world to be in the best organization for this one thing ever. That's not what, right. like... You don't have to do that to be a construction worker. Right. You have to have a really good work ethic. You have to be willing to work long hours and do all this stuff. But you didn't have to sacrifice your entire life from the time you were eight years old to do to make everything about that one thing to become a construction worker. Hmm. Doctors and nurses haven't sacrificed everything about their lives from the time they were eight years old. You can't find me an NBA player who decided that his that he was going to focus on basketball in college. Right, it's not like a career path. Right? You, like so that you suddenly jump onto. Doctors, nurses, all these people, right? You can decide going into college, I'm going to get a medical right. degree, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be pre-med whatever. And then from there it is a ton of work. You are sacrificing a lot. But there's a difference between starting that in college right. and starting that when you're 8 years old. Mm. Because they also brought up like they don't think that any people in they don't think any elite club nationals ultimate players would be able to make the NBA, which I say if you – there are definitely at least 10 dudes that play elite ultimate that if you take them and go back to when they were eight years old and said you are only focused on basketball now, at least one of them is making the NBA. Yeah. Like they are good athletes, and if they took everything – about their life and refocused it to just playing basketball, they are good enough athletes to do that. Yeah. But there are also guys who, like, like I just keep bringing up Steve Kerr because that's the easiest thing for me. Like, that dude's not blessed. He was not blessed athletically, naturally, in that way. That dude worked his butt mm -hmm. off to be the literally the best three-point shooter in the history of professional basketball. Like, that's crazy. That's that sounds pretty big. And so even in the NBA, no one's going to say that he's one of the most athletic people out there, but he's athletic enough to compete and skilled enough to be better than everyone else ever at this one thing, which makes him a good player. Like you can't look at I'm going to you can't look at certain players in the NBA and tell me they are mm. naturally physically exceptionally gifted athletes, but that doesn't mean that they're not physically gifted now and that's all the point i was trying to make with these guys was was just concede that not every single nba player ever was blessed with insane natural ability a lot of people 
had to work really hard to get to the athleticism required to compete in the NBA. That's all I'm asking, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, this reminds me of a lot of um, professional athlete or professional basketball player Nathan Scott, where we see him go from a crippling injury to continuously working hard to um, come back in the G League in a very and then eventually into the pros in a very documented TV show called uh, One Tree Hill. Have we mentioned One Tree Hill on the podcast already? No, time? this is the first time. Well, but I wanted people to think that I was actually talking about a real professional athlete at first. That's why I didn't say fictional character Nathan Scott. Zero chance why really watched One Tree Hill. <laughs> never. No, I don't Best even know show I've ever is. watched. I don't even know what that is. It's take a daytime soap opera. Okay. Make it 100% focused on high school. Oh, gosh. No, not, not and at early the on. the first four seasons. And within it being on high school, most of that is focused on the two main characters being basketball players. That sounds like some, I would rather eat glass. Yeah, no, it is, the, it is zero chance. This show, everything about this show is absolutely nuts. Is it one of those shows where it's like you just have to get past the first four seasons? And no, those totally are the no, best. No, no, no. Seasons. no, all of it is good. How dare you? You haven't finished. I'm on season six. Okay, because um, people try to sell like Breaking Bad to me, and they're like, you just have to get past the first three no, seasons. No, no, yeah, I've never, For One Tree yeah. Hill, you sit down and you get addicted. I watched the first season, which is like 25 episodes in the span of like probably four days. And they're all an it's, hour each. And it, it this is isn't us trying to convince win. you to watch it. Just trust that like this is a show that the first few seasons are actually really good. And all then, of it is good. Stop. That's because you. <laughs> yeah, don't don't not, say that's gonna be not, bad. I'm it not, sounds as if Bomber has finished it the show and you have yeah. finished it's, the show. It's shifted. I mean, so is Cody. Cody's finished it, and it's still one of his favorites. So. Yeah, I think it's gonna be one of my favorites when I finish it. I, you know, the theme song's great. Everything's great. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I am not physically gifted. <laughs> I can run in a straight line. That's about it. <laughs> but I can still play a sport and do okay. That's not quite the point we were making. I can make the pros in probably no sports. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. Interesting. I lost where I was going. That's okay. That's a, I mean, <laughs> that took plenty of time. We can move on. Which one of you is ready to go <laughs> Unless you had more thoughts in that area. No, no, no. Uh, watch One Tree Hill. Our guests may speak next. Oh, gosh. So this is my first time ever on a podcast. Congrats. It's very interesting. I was talking to Bomber about this, and I've been very stressed out about it all day because he asked me to come up with a topic <laughs> wow. that I could talk for between five and seven he minutes. He knew more. more than one day ahead of time to come up That's with That's more something. than I gave Khalil. That's I'm aware. true. Khalil had 12 seconds. And he didn't have a topic, so that's great. Um, I am a very heady theological slash philosophical thinker, and I love, like, big things. I love big topics that we don't necessarily have all the answers for, and I love discussion of said topics. And I'm realizing this podcast may not exactly be that. I mean, we're, we're willing to discuss whatever. But I'm going to full send it into oh boy. a philosophical question that I have found so interesting, and I think it gives insight into kind of how people process what they what they believe about the world and what they believe about people and things. And I found it very interesting. My philosophy professor in college posed this question to us and I found it interesting. It's kind of like, it's a little bit of a story, but essentially there's this guy to he's captain Bob, for example, this is how my professor told the story is great. He like nailed it. Dr. Rob Thompson. If you ever hear this hit me up because I still want to know why I didn't get a hundred percent on my final. (laughs) Um, He poses this question. 
and we were just getting into the idea of like dualism for like uh, our culture perceives people as like a body and a soul there's like two parts totally divisible and where it's like what happens to your body doesn't necessarily affect your soul whatever interesting and so he posed this question there's this captain kind of a story captain bob he's the captain of a ship and so bob he's sailing from florida to cuba right did he when he was telling this did he name him captain bob or did he did he, he did well that's very fitting that yeah we're in, we bob's, office. in bob's office yeah so um well we're not in, that we are from bob's office essentially like i've had this conversation a couple of times and i figured i might as well post the question because it's interesting and i was like oh bob 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 bob's office freak yeah <laughs> i'm asking about bob's ship so lines we're talking about bob's ship so there's this guy Bob, Captain Bob. He has the ship, and he's sailing from Florida to Cuba, back and forth, whatever. It's kind of irrelevant, the reason that he's sailing back and forth. So let's just say he's transporting things, not illicit goods, just things. And so Illicit? Bob, word of the week? I was waiting for one. I know that word. Dang. All right. It's... Oh, dude. Word of the week? Splendiferous. Use that in a, use that in a <laughs> sentence this week. No, it has to come up naturally. Illicit came up naturally, but... Okay, this is a splendif- You know illicit? Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> Right? It means like bad, Gen- like contraband uh, stuff? Okay. Within, yeah, using it in context, it makes more sense. It's yeah. plan B. Yes. I'm ready. You can continue. Sorry. Cool. This is why our podcast take forever. It takes so long because we, we interrupt each other. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I did not spell this correctly. <laughs> so, Bob's sailing to, from Florida to Cuba and back and forth. He's just, that's his job. So, Bob's ship on the way to Cuba, he notices some termites. Like, so he leaves, say, Miami. Um, with his ship, and he is on the way to Cuba. He arrives, and he's like, dang, I have a board on the deck of my ship. I'm picturing, like, Pirates of the Caribbean situation. And he's like, dang, the termites really got to this board. And so Bob replaces the board in port at Cuba and sails back to Miami with his potentially illicit goods. And so he's he rolls back. Is it the same ship that Bob is, – is the ship the same? After he replaces, say, this one board. Mm. One board of, say, 2,000 on the ship. Is it the same ship? The, the, it's named the same thing? Yeah. Bob's the captain of this ship? The He just swapped out a board. Is it the same ship? I have heard this premise before. Jake's thinking really hard. I am. There's um, more to it, so you can like cut to the chase. Okay. <laughs> My instinct is yes. And having thought about this a little bit in the past, I feel like I said yes. I also think I agree. So it's the same ship? Yes. Okay, cool. So next trip, Bob's rolling back from Florida to Cuba, and he's like, frickin' A, these stinking termites really got after my ship. That was the most violent language we've had on the podcast heckin in, a, in a while <laughs> since we came back. Heckin' dang. No, you're fine. How about that? We've had people cut. It's fine. I don't, We're yeah. not a, we, don't, we don't profess to be a PG family podcast. I only cuss when I miss putts at this call. That's <laughs> true. Um, so 51% of the boards in Bob's ship need to be replaced. So he sails back. I don't think they needed a mathematician on this boat. No, they, they really didn't. Doing illicit goods. So 51% of the boat mm-hmm. boards need to be replaced because he has this really nasty termite infestation. Really bad. So Bob replaces them all in Cuba, sails back to Miami. This is the same ship. Yep. Same captain, same name, new boards, swapped them out on the shore. Yes. Okay, it's the same shit. We, we generally agree. Okay, so Bob's sailing from Miami back to Cuba, and 
he wrecks his ship, like destroyed. He's marooned on this island, gets picked up, brought to Cuba. Thank God. He's like, I lived. My ship is gone. Has it completely rebuilt, brand new, all new boards, sails from Cuba back to Miami. Is it Bob's same ship? Same name. Same captain. Same. Same-ish. We'll say, is it the same ship? Builds it to the exact specifications. Ooh. Things beautiful. I think I kind of am catching along, but this is the same ship. For a physical item, I would say, ooh. Well, the thing, this, I think part I'm, of the question is like, if you're going to start saying no now, is where do you draw the line? That's that's what I'm thinking. Do you draw is the line now? at the first board? Do you draw the line at 50%? Right. Yeah. And it, it gets bigger, too. So can, Yikes. There's a mini earthquake because there are children running around. My immediate thought is also is I'm assuming this is going to kind of go towards a separation of a physical thing. And the name as well, like just the entity as well. It, it's That's it's getting I'm at the question of identity. Where's the identity of a thing? Of a, yeah. Hmm. I do not believe because it is not the same pieces. Ooh. It, it, it gets better too. Oh no. It it, it continues. Then. Uh. I think as long as the idea of the entity is the same, then it is the same. Interesting. The idea. So if you yeah. crash, okay. There's your actually Jeep. a word for that. If I'll you crash you your Jeep, and then you buy the exact same Jeep, is it the same Jeep? If I buy the exact same Jeep, not not the one that's crashed, but like if you wreck that one total, 100. percent No, because I'm acknowledging that this idea of this car that has been rebuilt. That has had multiple new transmissions and new tires and new stuff. Multiple new transmissions. Oh, bro. This <laughs> yes. This you've been through. I literally had to replace the transmission, had a three-year warranty, and at three years, two months, I had to replace the transmission again. Don't buy Jeeps. Well, tell that to 2013, Jacob. He messed up. But here I am nine years later with a car that I've spent an ungodly amount of money on. I drive a 1998 Honda Civic. Yeah, the next car I buy is going to be a Toyota truck. Amen. Like a two-door Toyota truck. I'm not driving nobody nowhere. Amen. I still have my van, so whatever. Okay, so anyway. this continues. Bob, he's like, sick. I got my ship back. We rebuilt this to the exact specifications. We're, we're vibing. He's still he's going back and forth. So our boy Mike, he's on this deserted island that Bob crashed his ship into. He scrounges every single destroyed board and rebuilds Bob's ship hmm. to the exact specifications of Bob's ship, puts it back together. Is Which ship is Bob's ship? Is it the new one? Is it the old one? No. Is it Tim? Is it Mike's ship? Is it Bob's ship that is now Mike's? Where like, Basically, the idea is that like there's a question of the what makes this, hmm. this, and that, that. Uh, and the question is, like, the the term is actually hecheity. It's a... Ooh, it's that's a, it's the a, word. That's the word. It's a heck good word. Heck who? Hecheity. It means, like, hecheity. the... Hecheity. What, what I makes, definitely don't know how to spell that. I don't know how to spell it either. H-E-C. Oh. It's essentially, like, what makes a thing itself. Like, what is the... What thing can you remove and have it no longer be itself? And that's, that's the question, too. Because you mm -hmm. go... You do this with people. Like, they say, what is it, every seven years or something, every single one of your cells has, like become 
a new cell? Are you yourself? I literally have no idea. I spelled what I thought it was, what might be like, and then Google went necessity. No. <laughs> Let me see. I think I have a spelling for it. That is a very good point, though, because I. Wow. This is good radio. Wow. Um, but oh. it is true. The Whoa. Sub- is, how do you spell it? <laughs> yeah. H A E C C E I T, and then it's hectaitism. T I S M. The good the perspective implied by the belief that entities can have hectaity or individual essence. The good old double C. The, Entities uh, the, can have individual the one that I read is the property or quality of a thing by virtue of which it is unique or described as this one. You didn't say any of that into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is my first time on a podcast. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> You're forgiven. I've been a little sideways too. Oh, it did that weird. The property of being a unique and individual thing. Mm. So like the the component parts of a thing being necessary to its identity as that thing in particular. Hmm. I, to me, that sounds like if twins are born, that makes that like, which one is like, they're literally composed of the exact same stuff. Yeah. They have the same DNA. So, but one is one and one is the other. Like they're not both, they're not both Bob. One of them's Bob and one of them's Mike based on the idea of who like, correct. So that's where I like the same idea. Like, okay, you took, the same parts that made the same shit. Like, even if you had, like, there are a thousand other Jeeps identical to mine out there. Totally. But mine is mine and theirs is there. Like, it doesn't, Yeah. if we switch tires, mine would still be mine and theirs would still be theirs. If we switch Jeeps, like, the day after we bought them, they would still have my Jeep and I would have their Jeep. Like, the identity goes with it from its inception. So context matters. Yeah. The, uh... The history of an of an object makes it itself. It's yeah. like buying a new iPhone. Like, just because you upgrade the model doesn't mean. But I would still refer to this as, as my your phone, phone correct? yes. And then the next one I get will be my phone. Yeah. So which one's my phone? Yes. <laughs> They're both your phone the, okay. until you give up ownership of it. Okay, so ownership being. Like, that uh, was also, your previous phone. Okay, so the ownership of a thing affects its hectiety. To an extent. Okay. Interesting. Because, like, if I transfer my Jeep to you, mm-hmm. it's still the Jeep that was previously mine. Right. But now it's yours. Interesting. But it's still that same Jeep. So it has the... Like, it's the idea... I think that gets into the idea of, like, you are Wyatt. Mm-hmm. You are a husband. Correct. You are a son. Mm-hmm. You are a friend. Mm-hmm. You are a cousin. You are a disc golf player. You are a churchgoer. Like, you you know, those are all separate identities that you have that are all independent and codependent at the same time. Right. So, like, I think that... So, singular identifiers don't necessarily say I remove a singular identifier. That doesn't remove myself. Like, my selfhood is different. And I think this is where it gets, like, a little bit meta and a little bit spiritual, too. We talk about like the ownership of a person. Yeah. My argument would be that like the only meaningful identifier or hectate of an individual is that they're uniquely loved by God. That's where I start to go with it. And then it gets really theological yeah. and I love things like that. And we could talk about this for days, but Yep, we don't have days. We got fifteen minutes. Amen.
<laughs> so that's my that's my topic. All right, well, is it the same ship? <laughs> Bob's ship. I hope you dream about that. Welcome to From Bob's Ship. <laughs> that made me want to quote Stan. I hope you dream about me. I hope your conscience eats at you and you can't breathe without me. No, Stan, Eminem. Oh, that's Stan. I was thinking of uh, Mr. Stanley. Or Stanley from The Office. I'm wearing office socks today. That is totally off topic. <laughs> My mom bought me 15 pairs of office themed socks. Heck, Katie, look it up. Word of the week. It's a real word. Well done, Wyatt. Good job. That was very good. You're so I, worried. I'm very. You brought the heat. The heat. I'm really going to think about yep, this. Yep, now you got to follow that up. Good luck. Uh, I want to talk about holidays. Um, <laughs> the fact that I absolutely hate Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, you're ready to reach for that the one. The only time I like Thanksgiving is I like the football. Um, I don't like the food. Turkey, bottom tier bird. Bad bird. You can be wrong about that. That's no, fine. No, I don't think I am. Bad bird. The only time it's good is how you many, drown it in gravy. How many birds have you eaten? I'm 25, so at least... How many different 90? types of okay. birds have you eaten? That's I've had uh, chicken. Outs- outside of chicken? Uh, uh, turkey. Turkey. Uh, You're eating pheasant? I don't think so. Grouse? Quail. Duck? Who? Quail? Who said a weird duck. word? Uh, I don't think I've had <laughs> he duck. He said grouse. Yeah, I don't know what grouse is. Um, <laughs> oh, <you see laughs> grouse sounds like there's something like stuck in your throat. Um, <laughs> I No, I've never had any other bird other <laughs> than I think chicken. And, so then... Uh, Turkey? Your hierarchy seems okay, I meant, limited okay, at best. Correction. Go back and edit this. I meant to say the word cor- meat. Turkey is no bottom tier meat. That that creates an even larger scale of things. Okay. Every how, fish I've ever you, had better. Have you eaten? <laughs> really? Every fish I've ever had except for uni better. But, but have you eaten like puffer fish? Not or yet. Tiger shark. Uh, or I would love to. Okay. Well, I'm saying. Every. So, again, I also said every fish that I've ate. That is an incredibly true. global statement to make about turkey being a bottom <laughs> tier. It is anything. the most bottomest of the tiers. It is like the most elite looking animal. <laughs> uh, that, that's interesting. <laughs> that's its own conversation. <laughs> I'd say bald eagles look kind of elite. Turkeys look kind of doofy. But, like, <laughs> true. Turkey's if there was one holiday I would write off for the calendar year, it would probably be either Thanksgiving or Valentine's Day. Jacob, what holidays would you cut out? Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> um, I would cut out. That um, That's tough. Like a national holiday? Like holidays that you celebrate regularly, at least every year. I mean, like... I don't, I don't know that Labor Day is necessary. <laughs> I'll just throw that one out there. Um, That's a good one. That, I mean, I as years have gone by, I have become pretty adamant about like reorienting Christmas um, because I have to assume that there are millions of people around the country who celebrate Christmas who do not celebrate the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that has, like, bothered me a little bit, that it's such a <laughs> capitalist holiday now. And oh, yeah, it's just pure consumerism. Yeah, so and like that, else, though. that seed was planted by my friend Micah, who grew up never having gifts exchanged in his home mm. because his, his parents abided in the idea that it is Jesus' birthday, mm. not yours. And so instead of celebrating with presents at home, they would go out and serve on Christmas. That's sick. 
And I'm so at 100% first, down for that. And at first, I was like, dang, that sucks. You never did Christmas. But as I've gotten older, I was like, dang, that's what literally every Christian should be doing. Dang, homeboy understood the gospel. If, if, every, if every Christian family did not spend money on gifts to give each other with crap they don't even want. That's why like people are like, what do you want for Christmas? I want crap. I have too much stuff. There's nothing you're going to give me that is instantly going to like make my life better or be useful or like not just make a mess in my room. False. You want more Frisbees. Uh, just like I want All that's going to do is make a bigger mess in my room. I always ask for socks. <laughs> so that's not like – Same. Yeah, there's like clothing and stuff, but it's better if I buy it because I know what I want to wear and whatever. So – but just like on that note, like if every, if every Christ-following Christian – decided instead of spending money on each other with these things we went out and like did something or just gave that money to places that we're going to use it to serve or provide or whatever like that just seems like so that's where i am on that i love thanksgiving because not necessarily the tradition with the way it started because that gets a little rocky but the idea of being intentional to think about what are the things we're thankful for? Who are the people we're thankful for? Like having the idea of gratitude. Like if we treated every day like – if we treated like every day like it was Thanksgiving and we're intentional about being grateful for the people and things around us, we would all have a very different outlook on life instead of this one day a year. What are we thankful for? Oh, totally. Like, people who practice gratitude actually live longer. So, so that's where I'm at. Get rid of Labor Day and think differently about Christmas and make every day Thanksgiving. <laughs> Wyatt? That's tough. Like, I feel like I was kind of blessed with, like, a really solid family who was willing to engage with holidays in the way that they were kind of set aside for, if that makes sense. Like, Valentine's Day can kind of get over it. Like, yeah, I'm married, and, like, I love my wife, and I love, like, doing things on Valentine's Day, but it's also, like, there's a weird cultural pressure that we live in to, like, do things for somebody when... Like, my role as a husband is to love my wife all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm bad at it, and I'm growing and learning because it's, like, a little over two years into this thing. But, yeah, it's like, a, it's, like, a weird reminder that, like, I don't know, it's almost like a scapegoat where it's, like, okay, cool, I'll, like, save up all of my, like, love for you for this one particular day. That's BS. And then, like, all the K commercials are, like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> buy the heart-shaped diamonds. No. No. <laughs> That's also why I dislike Valentine's Day. because I feel like it's so hallmarked. Are you single? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, like, I've been it in relationships during, like, during Valentine's Day and stuff. I still, I would rather show love every day than just make it seem, like, it's. I think it's just too much. But then that also gets into, like, Mother's Day and Father's Day. Like, we should be appreciating our moms every day. We should be appreciating our dads every day. I do. Day. Shout like, out mom. For that. <laughs> You know, like, it just, it has the same totally. feel of, like, really? We're, I mean, it's good to be intentional about those things. So, like, that day means we're for sure doing this. But but it also leaves people out. Like, if you're somebody who your mom has passed away, mm -hmm. like, then it becomes a day of remorse and grief instead of a celebration. And that's tough. I, I have a counter for that, actually. I, and particularly within like a church context, because I've been in churches where they didn't like take some time to be like, and we also know that some of you don't have a mom, yeah. and like 
we like grieve with you and we're like here with you, which I think is sick. Like it's a really cool thing to do for people, but it's also a neat opportunity to recognize the people who are father like or mother like, or, um, who have had that impact. Like my dad didn't have a dad for like most of his life. His folks divorced when he was 11, I think. And he had good men come alongside of him and make sure he wasn't a screw up so that he like was a good dad to me. And he was a better dad than he ever had any reason to be because of other good men who came alongside of him. So it's like, I think it provides an opportunity if framed correctly to meaningfully engage with people in your life who have filled that role for you. I don't disagree with that. Which I think is sick. Like I've called like men and women in my life on mother's day and been like, Hey, like you were a mom to me in this way. And I appreciate you for this. And it was like the super cool thing. So it was like kind of a gift, but I also see what you mean when approached in the wrong way. It's like, Oh, you don't have a dad. That sucks. Whole day is about you not having a dad, apparently. And that's why, like, stuff with Christmas is like, okay, there's this whole pressure to buy all these gifts for my family and certain close friends. And and it's like, I would much rather just go through my normal day and be like, oh, this is something so-and-so would like. I'm going to buy it for them and give it to them just because. Yeah. Like, that seems way more from the heart than, like, I got to spend these two or three weeks thinking of getting the best thing possible for whoever. And but like that, then that just becomes forced because you're going out of your way to try to manufacture something instead of just like naturally, like just get stuff for people when it seems appropriate. And it's like a blessing. The power of cultural pressure. Yeah. And, and I, I've, I'm not going to say I've always and be self, whatever, but there's also a weird thing for me having worked in like customer service and telling people happy holidays, and people get offended by that. And it's like I saw a Facebook post today that was somebody saying, me saying happy holidays is acknowledging that not everybody celebrates Christmas. There are so many different religions or whatever celebrations during this time that you're acknowledging, like, whatever it is you're celebrating, like, I'm happy for you, and I want you to – because people will say – I'm going to tell you Merry Christmas to acknowledge that's what I do. So then if you turn around and say Happy Hanukkah to me, then that tells me you celebrate that, and that's great. That's just communication. Yeah, and I'm fine with either one. Like, I'm bummed if somebody says Merry Christmas, and they're like, I don't celebrate Christmas. Like, what do you celebrate? Like, like just re- – Actually, I will always say Merry Christmas because if somebody counters that with like, oh, bah humbug, it's like, oh, that's a conversation now. Yeah. You know? There's like a point of engagement I just, there. Yeah, I just think – <laughs> I'm just bummed for the people who respond negatively to either of those things. I will always respond negatively to happy holidays. I'm one of those. I'm a naysayer for sure. I know I'm, I literally just blew this whole thing up. But. You did. I mean, this is where you're coming from. That's the <laughs> yeah. point of a conversation, right? So like if I, so if I say happy holidays, like your, is your response to be mad at me for telling you happy holidays? No, not at all. So I think like I think it's you're just being soft about what you actually are celebrating and not being willing to like engage with somebody about like what you really are doing. It's like a blanket statement that like is ma- is designed to not offend anybody and that upsets me. That's an interesting flip side so to the coin of like I see that as trying to have compassion for somebody right. without assuming anything with them. Right. And so it's me acknowledging like I know it's possible that you could be celebrating anything. Right. So I'm saying this like No, and I love that. And I, I, I like I, – because I know your heart and I know the kind of yeah. person you are so that you're like willing to engage with somebody in their context. I'm totally – I'm super comfortable engaging somebody f- from within my context in a way that like might make an uncomfortable situation. 
But I think from those points of like vulnerability within a conversation actually breed really interesting conversations. Yeah. So I was thinking more of like the grouping of holidays together because Christmas and New Year's are so close to each other. And so if you just say happy holidays, it could be just including both of them together. And that's a good argument. That's, that's how argument. I normally say happy holidays is like. But I, I also don't think so. New it's all just included. In, it's just included in all this stuff. <laughs> like if I had to we cut another holiday, out, I would cut out New Year's because like it's just another day. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like dumb. literally every holiday is just like drink. And and <laughs> there's that. Okay. But also the idea of like it's turning a calendar. Like my life has revolved around the school calendar since I was born. So basically. would you rather New Year's be uh, September first? Basically, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I mean, well nowadays like August fifteenth. But like January first doesn't start a new year for me. It starts the second half of the school year. Like that's not a calendar switch for me, right? Because my year has always gone <laughs> September through August. Yeah. And so, like, that's always been just mildly disorienting. Like, if I'm going to change anything, I'm going to change it during the summer so that new school year knew me, not new year oh. knew me. Like, that's a weird... Interesting. What a weird See, but that's because I've always been in the totally. school context. People graduate high school and are never in the school context again because totally. they have jobs that do this, and, you know, whatever. And, like, that makes sense. But just for me... And like people who become parents, like your life revolves around the school year. And so it's just weird to me. That thusly, we have a conversation based upon our unique context mm-hmm. regarding happy holidays yeah. or Merry Christmas. Quick final thoughts. Um, what is your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. What is your favorite holiday? <laughs> oh, gosh. I love the 4th of July because hmm. I love just like summer holidays. And like I grew up in the mountains in like the Sierras. And so for like early July is like the perfect weather ever, like crisp, cool nights and like hot days and the days are long. Oh my gosh. That's my favorite holiday for sure. Fourth of July. Not because I'm like, I would say I'm generally a patriotic person, but like more of like the environment of like Mm. celebration and like, I'm kind of a 14 year old pyromaniac. So I love like fireworks and stuff. I just like fourth of July because it reminds me to watch Independence Day. I do agree, though, that 4th of July is definitely one of my top three. My favorite holiday is Groundhog Day. And I love Groundhog Day. Yes, it is. Have you seen the movie? No. You're literally just depressed for two hours. You just just said Groundhog Day is one of your favorite days. You haven't seen the the movie named after. I love the Groundhog. I want to go. I want to go to. You haven't seen the movie, and you don't know the name of the Groundhog. I want to go to Pennsylvania, and I want to be one of the guys that wears the hats that pulls them out. That's on my bucket list is to stand up on that stage and pull them out. For the record, that whole thing equates to the combination of you not having seen Rocky and whatever the other thing was last week. This is a list of like things that are things I will never do. Roll my eyes into the back of my head. So you have no authority to claim Groundhog Day as your favorite. I just think it's I like the Groundhog Day. Yeah, you can like the idea of it. (laughs) I think it's super fun. And also, just it's like interesting to me. I whatever. I think it's super fun. Like it's just a fun day. I just think it's really funny to like claim that, but then not do like the two things associated with it. Dude, I watch the movie. The, is crazy. I watch the pool. I, I see him grab the thing and ask if he sees the. Has Wyatt seen the movie Groundhog Day? I have seen the. It was a while ago. Yeah, didn't, he I've said earlier he was a big Robin Williams fan. Is he not in the? I thought he was in the movie. No, he's not. not. Oh, it's not. <laughs> I thought he was. That's uh, a swing, double swing and a miss. That's fine. You get three strikes. Um, <laughs> oh, is that how baseball works? Sick. Um, I don't know how it works. Yeah, I don't sorry, know sports. I about that. 
Is that like a reput if your putt goes OB? Why would you remember to follow us on Instagram and request to be a guest? And we, I am officially announcing right now that at the end of ten weeks of this, this was week five. Congrats to us, episode fifty. Way to go, Lightning! Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, that. let's go. Uh, I made is, the fiftieth episode. This is you did. Heck yeah! <laughs> so this was episode four of the return. Once we've had ten episodes of the return, we have ten words of the day. Twenty dollar gift card to wherever. I was initially going to say in and out, but I might just make it like a $20 Visa gift card Ooh. and you can go wherever you want to the person, the first person to give us the 10 words of the week for the like two of you that listen every week. Shut up, you mom. have a really good chance of getting it. So I'm officially announcing it now. Wyatt, thanks for joining us. Good conversations, everybody. Have a good week.